Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance card. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronis, is it a holiday? It's the NFL draft. One of the best days of the year. Yeah, for sure. Everyone looks excited to this day. We'll see the rookies in new places, although. I don't think you're going to see a ton of skill players for fantasy drafted tonight. This is a draft filled with a lot of talent on the offensive line, defensive line. Of course, you might see some quarterbacks, but not many of them going to make an impact this year. I think what you're really looking for is trades, and it sounds like this could be a draft with a lot of trades. And we typically do see a lot in the first round, so I think that's what you're looking at tonight. But from a fantasy perspective, I don't think you're going to see a lot of impact players drafted tonight Uh, you might only see one running back go in the first round you might see a couple receivers but this is really a heavy uh for the first round at least uh lineman draft i would argue to back up your point i would argue that maybe no more than 10 is a lot i'll say 10 but it's probably probably fewer no more than five to seven guys will have a fantasy impact this year this coming year of who's going to be drafted tonight i think it's a weak class i think there's a couple wide receivers i think there's a couple of tight ends I think Kyler Murray, I just don't think there's a very good offensive class. I think there's a really good, like you said, draft class to build your defense, uh, to build your linebackers, your offensive line. But, you know, those those premier players that we're used to, I don't think you're going to see them tonight. Yeah, we've been spoiled the last couple of years with just significant impact players that were difference makers in fantasy taking in the first round. Just don't see it here. I mean, Murray, obviously, if he goes to Arizona like we all expect, even though you're hearing some last-minute smoke, obviously, with his ability to run and playing in that air raid offense under Cliff Kingsbury, you know, he could put up some big fantasy numbers. And, and, you know, the offensive linemen are important. You know, we don't look at it on draft day and say, oh, you know, but it does matter, obviously. Uh, But as far as running backs, I mean, there's, this is not a strong running back class, obviously. I'm going to argue none will go in round one tonight. How about that? I don't even know if Jacobs goes in round one. He would be the only one that I think possibly to the Raiders um, late. Uh, that would be it. Tight ends, probably two. Noah Font and um, TJ Hawkinson, I would think. Those guys, depending on where they land, obviously could uh, be good, even though we know tight ends typically is a rookie struggle. But we've seen exceptions over the last couple of years. So if in the right system, sure. Uh, and receivers, I think there is good depth in the receiver class, but I don't think you're going to see a ton in this first round, maybe two to three. Are you so sold on Metcalf? The no. The guy looks like Hercules, but, I mean, he what does. did he do in college? I Seriously, think, what did he do in college? Nothing. Yeah, I think he is one of those guys that you just say he can go downfield, throw it up, and go get it. You know, obviously you're not going to throw him any short routes where you need the lateral ability. Uh, and I don't. I'm not even sure if he goes in the first round. He probably will. He probably will. People are enamored with the size, speed. I mean, he's so. free, he is freakish. I mean, dude, he he is freakish. But I'm trying to think of a comp for him. 
Do you have a comp for him? Like, what, what does he remind you of? He's so big and so strong. I've never seen anybody look like that, to be quite honest with you, receiver. I know. I mean, when you massive. see that picture, you're like, holy crap, are you serious? Like, yeah. you don't, it doesn't look like a, a football player. You're like, oh, that's a bodybuilder. But he had, let's see, in his sophomore year, 26 catches, 569 yards as a redshirt sophomore. Yeah. I mean, that's not very good. Uh, who, but he runs a four three three. I mean, and he could bench press, uh, t- t- you know, two hundred twenty five pounds twenty seven times. The guy's a gorilla. But I don't know. I, I I guess he goes in the first round for sure. I think Hakeem Butler, Nikhil Carey for sure. I think goes in the first round. He's my favorite of them. Yeah, I like him. He's a good player. I think yeah. AJ Brown and Hollywood Brown. I don't know if they go in the first round. If it, it's possible, but I, do. I don't think Hollywood Brown is that good. I think he's a little overrated. Yeah, a lot of the times it's going to come down to fit too, on what team they go to. It's always well, tough, man, because the thing that is tough when you're analyzing these players is you don't know how how many of them are motivated to at the next level. You know, you well, get that signing bonus, and you see it a lot. You just don't know what their work ethic is and, and what their passion is for the game. I think you made a really good point about where you end up. You end up with a Jeff Fisher offense. You're going nowhere in life, right? You end up with the right coach who can get the most out of you. And it's not just the head coach. It's the position coaches, right? People always overlook that. Some of these position coaches are really good at what they do. You go to a Todd Haley offense, dude, I don't think you're learning that much. Yeah, it's really important where guys land. And that's why I think, you know, the sharp people were on Alvin Kamara two years ago uh, when he came out because you're like, look, the Saints, look where they are at running back in fantasy every single year, top two every year. Why do you think Latavius Murray is going to be a bargain this year? I think we discussed this, and I think you agree with me. He's going to be a bargain in drafts this year. He's going to the Saints, man. Oh, yeah. He's definitely going to get uh, get uh, 12 carries a game. Yeah. I, I was, for sure. I was thinking about the tight ends. Hawkinson, for sure, is a top 10 pick. I mean, just write that down. He's a top 10 pick. So you think he goes to Detroit? Jacksonville or Detroit. He doesn't get okay. past those one of those two teams who are desperate. Nick Foles always throws to the tight end. Hawkinson to Foles? That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Oh, Jacksonville, they could also go offensive line. They could. Right? I think Fant goes in the first round. Late I, first round, right? I, I could see the round. I could see the Raiders taking him. Could. Well they without Jared Cook, I think they need somebody. Irv Smith might be a name that you hear from Alabama. Yeah. I, I don't think he goes in the first round, but you're right. I think he's he's probably not b- far behind those two. You know, look, if he went at pick 31 or 32, I'm telling you, we were talking about the over-under of quarterbacks, right? And I wrote an article about this uh, on Scout Fantasy Sports today. I think three quarterbacks are going to go very early, like in the top 15 picks. And that last one is going to go like pick 31 or 32 like Lamar Jackson last year. Look, you got to be careful of what you hear and read because agents, teams are sending a lot of information out there today especially. But, man, you're starting to hear like, there could be three quarterbacks in the top 10. All these teams making trades to move up. I mean, the Redskins are the team you obviously have to watch out for right now. Well, the Redskins have to do something, right? They have to do something. I don't uh, trust me when I tell you, I think the Giants feel they don't have to do anything. And Miami, I'm, the, the whole the word down here is they're happy to tank for Tua. You know, so I don't think they're in a rush to go out and get a guy that they don't like. I think Denver and Washington will make plays for sure for quarterbacks. Yeah, it seems like Elway likes Drew Locke. I don't know if he takes him, but that's what you're, you're sensing. 
The Redskins, obviously, they need something. I mean, Alex Smith's career is in jeopardy. It's over. Uh, Case Keenum, what is he, a one-year bridge at best? You know, Colt McCoy is coming off a broken leg. So, you know, could they trade for Josh Rosen? I mean, that's a possibility. That's the other thing, too, is Josh Rosen, he's got to get dealt. If they're taking Murray, he's got to get dealt today. You know, maybe maybe Rosen's so cheap they don't need to deal him. But I think it mm-hmm. makes sense. If you could, Look, the thing is this. You took him in the first round. He didn't work out. Why do you think you're going to get a first-round pick back? I think that's unrealistic. I would say give me a second and give me a fourth in 2020. That's the best I'm getting. Yeah, and I think they're going to – they're doing their best, obviously. Like, same thing as a fantasy owner, right? We hold out for as long as possible to get the most, but then you see what the market is and you go – well, this is kind of the best I'm going to get. And there's just not a lot of teams that are going to give up a lot for him. So I think that's what Arizona is trying to figure out now. Because I think in an ideal world, they would have liked to have already dealt him. It's just they haven't been enamored with anything that's been offered. Look, if I'm Miami, I think a clever move that I just you know was talking to you about before we went on air. I have pick 13. I trade down to some other team that wants to come up and take a quarterback. Maybe it's something as simple as Washington. And I swap picks, and I get a pick next year. And then maybe I take that next year free pick, and I use that for Rosen so I don't waste a pick, right? And I go down to 15. I still get a guy I want, and I get Rosen. I think Rosen could be dealt in the middle of tonight's draft. That's the best-case scenario because, man, I don't think Rosen's getting dealt before tonight's draft at all. Yeah, I think it, it, I think there's a good chance it happens tonight during the draft too. I just think they have to do it. I mean, he's clearly not happy, and especially if they're going in the direction of Murray. Now you're hearing a lot of talk that they might not take him. Do you buy that, or you think it's just a smokescreen? Oh, big time smokescreen. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, Cliff Klingsbury knows nothing about defense. Absolutely nothing. He is, as you said, air raid offense. That's why you brought him. He said during last season, if I had the number one pick, I would take Kyler Murray. He signs with the Cardinals. Now he's going to take Nick Bosa? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'd be stunned too. I think this is just a, a lot of smoke that they're setting out there. And this happens on draft day, man, continuously all the time. I guess the only reason they're doing this crap is to try to get some trade value for Rosen because there is none. Right. They want people to think, well, we're good with Rosen. We're going to keep him. Right. Right. Exactly. Oh, maybe he, maybe they like him more. I, I mean, people aren't stupid. Look, I, I truly believe, and out of the 32 teams, I think about 20 didn't even want any part of Rosen last year. I don't think they like this guy's makeup. I mean, he dropped big time last year. People were thinking he was a number one, number two pick. He went to, what, 10 last year? Yeah, and I think he was in a bad situation last year. I'm not saying he's great, but it it wasn't an ideal situation for him last year. I agree with that, and I think he's got – but you know what? You had mentioned this before, I think. He has – when they talk about his skill set, they always talk about his lack of passion. No coach wants that. You'd much prefer a passion. Case Keenum's got passion. He doesn't have ability, but he's got passion, right? You like that. Josh Rosen has got all the ability in the world, but doesn't care about what he's doing. Why would I want to bring that on my team? So you're saying he has the Jay Cutler syndrome? Yeah, I do. I think he's got the Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler always looked like he couldn't give a crap. I know. It's crazy, right? It just looked like, yeah, okay, let me get my cigarette. Yeah, he did. He's like, oh, yeah, I threw an interception. I need a drag. Come on, right now. I mean, that's how it felt. I don't care. You throw an interception. See, Eli does that too because Eli just has that look like he just took a dump. You know, when he, all the time. But you just want the guy to throw something. Throw your helmet. Look a little pissed off. People like that. 
Uh, so some news here. With uh, this is reporting from Schefter. He's usually clued in. Uh, I'll listen to him. I uh, said Josh Rosen likely to be traded on Friday, and that the Giants, Miami, and the Chargers are the teams to watch there. And he also said Drew Locke's going to be a first-round pick and is on the Giants' radar. Oh, I hope not. Well, I will say this. I do think Drew Locke is a better fit for the Giants than Daniel Jones because Jones doesn't have an arm for MetLife Stadium. you got to throw in the wind. You have to throw in the wind. But I, my problem with Locke is he's got no accuracy. He's like Josh Allen without the footwork. Yeah, you have to be able to, to throw there at, at MetLife. It, it's pretty bad with the wind when you get into November and December. Right. But, and Locke has a gun. I think the Giants may have to do something. They may need to take him at six because I don't think he's going to be there at 17 because I think John Elway's thinking the same thing. This guy's got a cannon, and he can throw the ball in Denver in, de- in, in, in December. Do you want the Giants to take a quarterback this year? No. I don't know. I do if it's right, but I don't need it. Right. I don't love any of these guys. Really but are they going to be bad enough to be in the top three next year? Yeah, I, don't know if the, I don't know if they will be. But if you can give me the guy from Josh Allen from, from Kentucky, a little edge rusher there. Right. Or Jawan Taylor from, from Florida to be the offense. I think we need that more, don't we? Yeah. Oh, then the quarterback? Yeah, just because I don't think you can justify taking a quarterback at six. Right. Exactly. Go take Will Greer in round two. Will Greer can fling it. That dude's got a gun. I'm much happier taking Will Greer in round two and give me and give me Montez Sweat and in, in, in pick six. Montez Sweat can dominate. Yeah, and we were talking about him pre-show about the misdiagnosis of the heart issue. Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, you could have cost this guy millions. See, that's why I avoid doctors, man. <laughs> so I might be I might have a ton of issues right now, but you know what? Nah, I, well, I there was years a long time that I did not go because I didn't have medical insurance. So but I've gone as I'm getting older and I know you can attest to this and how it just gets rougher. But the last four years I have gone for a physical. But the problem is, Adam, with what happened to me a couple of years ago, I didn't even know I went for physicals and nothing came up until yeah. it doesn't come up until it happens. Right. And that's the thing. That's the scary part. And you know that I've, I'm sure you have friends and family as have I, where it just kind of comes out of nowhere and you don't know. That's why we always say like every second of life is precious because you just don't know, man. And uh, I have seen that medical misdiagnosis is one of the, leading causes of death in this country it's scary man we we trust our our lives with these doctors and some of them don't know what they're doing well especially fantasy doctors on us oh yeah they're the worst <laughs> the worst <laughs> what, I, what i would tell you is this i would t- two things about you know we'll go medical and then we'll go out here one if you have the if you have a symptom of anything go to your doctor okay don't go when it's too late go when you have a first symptom and secondly get a second opinion just because like you said just because one guy says it's nothing doesn't mean it's nothing if you still think there's a problem go to go to doctor number two so one year i think it was a couple years ago when i first moved out to jersey so i went to the dentist they said i had about 14 cavities (laughs) i had never had a cavity in my life no pain and i understand you could have a cavity and not have any pain or symptom I was like, wait a second. So I go my whole life with no cavities. Now all of a sudden my whole mouth is filled with them. I'm not buying this crap. Went to another dentist. Everything's fine. No cavity. That, that is just embarrassing, man. That guy wanted money. That guy wanted your money, dude. But that's like, 
I understand people are about that, but that's just pathetic, man. Like that's right. just small, that happened to man. me too. Down here when we moved to Florida, I went to a dentist. The guy goes, oh, "You have a little cavity." I go, "I don't, I don't feel it," because you can usually feel the cavity. I went to another dentist. She goes, "You're fine." I go, "See you, guy number one." Just Done pathetic, with you. man. Yeah. But how do you go? How do you tell someone that like there are almost half their mouth is filled with cavities and there's none? It's just <laughs> embarrassing, man. Like I understand there's hustlers and everything, but that's just pathetic, man. Like how can you live with yourself? Look. Do you know how many people go to law school? How, are, are they all good lawyers? How many people go to med school? Are they all good doctors? No. No, it's a problem. But we treat them that way, right? How many people on radio? Are they good radio hosts? <laughs> no. <laughs> are they good at fantasy? How many no. people are... <laughs> How many people in fantasy have never even won a damn league? Not even their home league. And they're I giving know. advice. I know. If there's, one more dude, if there's one more dude on Twitter who's giving advice, I'm going to scream. I'm going to oh, scream. It's, it's bad, bro. That's oh. what you, we tell people all the time. Know who you're taking the advice from. Check their resume. Yeah, my friend told me to do it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. More talk, talk more NFL draft when we return right after this. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 Rain dance! Make it rain. You've got to be able to pick your spots. You've got to be able to get a few of those wins with the plus numbers next to team names. And what we've learned here from the Clippers is that this is one of those teams that if you were ever going to do it, become a contrarian, this is a team you want to do it. Nothing is off the table with them. Absolutely nothing. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. We're Scout Fantasy Sports. Do me a favor, guys. Go to scoutdfs.com. I got to give props to Steve Renner on the Dongers Club. I read his articles daily, Ronas, and he has really been on fire this first month. Uh, I mean, Chris Rose is great. Rob Garriak's great. Fantasy Bum is great. But props to Renner for just nailing a lot of these nights. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I always you know, make sure to tell people to check it out. And uh, he's he's on this show frequently. He hasn't been the last couple weeks. Said he was unavailable, so we'll look to get him back on. But yeah, uh, you know, goes through each position and gives you like the top three at each position and the stacks to use. And again, not no one is ever 100 percent right, but there's definitely some good under the radar players in there. 
that you know tend to go yard, and he gets them right. So I'd advise everyone to check it out. He really does. He'll say this guy, and he, he's got some crazy things like Ryan Zimmerman play, doesn't play well in Miami, and then sure enough, Zimmerman goes like 0 for 4. Like, how does he know that stuff? But it's pretty impressive. Yeah, and it's definitely a, a unique perspective. And, you know, it's not all the stud guys. There's a lot of under-the-radar guys that are not popular, and oftentimes you'll see them uh, go yard. All right, so that's scoutdfs.com. So you were saying during the break, Rosen has – Three years and six million remaining on that deal. That's like nothing. Right. So uh, he had the Cardinals already paid an $11 million bonus for him. So the rest of the contract is six million over three years plus the team option. So that is cheap. You know, we talked about having that cheap quarterback. Now, Rosen's not in the class of Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and everything. Uh, but, you know, he could be a better than average quarterback, and you're getting him for cheap. You don't have to pay that bonus. Now, you do have to trade something. And as you mentioned, you don't think it'll be a first-round pick at this point because we know that teams are aware that the Cardinals want to move them. So your trade leverage goes down. So if you can get this guy for a second-round pick, you know, it could be a nice bargain. Now, you're, you're not, you, may, you may disagree with what I'm going to say, but I think I may be on point with this. I don't know whether NFL scouts and evaluators and GMs thought enough of Rosen last year to think that he is – a playoff winning starter in the NFL. And maybe Rosen is going to turn out to be nothing better than a very high profile backup who, Adam, if there's an injury, could come in and be a very good starter. But people don't want to treat him or pay him as a starter. So the Chargers will take him to back up Rivers. Uh, the, the Patriots will take him to back up Brady. But nobody's looking at him to start next year. Yeah, and that, that's uh, certainly a possibility. And obviously it wasn't a good year last year, but it also wasn't a good foundation. It wasn't a good setup. Uh, offensive line struggled. Uh, you know, I thought there were times where he looked good, other times where he was terrible. So I, he'll obviously get a shot somewhere, but now it just comes down to the compensation. I think this report by Schefter about Drew Locke is interesting because I don't know whether the Giants are going to take the quarterback. The Giants will have to take Locke at six because I don't think there's any way Locke is there at 17 when you've got Denver, Miami, and Washington all picking before 17. What if they move up from 17? Well, that's what they need to do. That's what they need to do. Look, if you want your guy, honestly, here's what I would do. I'd go to the Jets and say, let's do a deal with six and three. Jets don't want number three. The Giants could go to three and get their guy and be done with it. Yeah, yeah, that's a possibility, too. And it'll cost you a lot less, right, with the trade calculator because only moving up three spots. The Redskins are the ones that you have to look out for. They might do something stupid and trade up, too. I mean, that's what you're kind of hearing a lot, that the the Redskins are really enamored with uh, Dwayne Haskins. So they could trade up. Well, I also believe the following. I believe the Raiders are not into car. Okay, I, don't, I also think that they're not into uh, Derek Carr very much, the Raiders. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I'm never been, I've never been a Derek Carr fan myself. I uh, just don't think he's good enough. I know he rebounded last year and had a pretty good year for at times. But, I, you know, I just never thought he was the answer. He really had that one good year. Uh, but I, I've never been a big car guy, Doc. Myself. Me either. I'm not a car guy either, and I think Gruden's not. And there were some rumblings last year that a car could go to the Giants. I don't know if you remember those rumors. But maybe maybe Oakland's got three first-round picks. 
maybe they're in play for a quarterback. Remember they said they're doing something sneaky. It's only Gruden and Ayok in the draft room. Maybe they're thinking Haskins or, or Locke there. Yeah, they are a real wild card here, and you're starting to hear that today as well. And uh, with those three first-round picks, you know, they could do something wild. Uh, it's just, it does feel like this is going to be a draft with a lot of trades. I know we all kind of sit there and do these drafts and try to predict trades. No one really nails them. You know, there's always going to be surprises out of nowhere because not all the information. Okay, sorry about that. Um, let me ask you this question. Do you think that this draft is going to be – the winner of this draft is going to be the best general manager in that there's no – maybe there's no stars in this draft, but the best – the general manager who can find the most depth, character guys and quality guys may come out three years from now looking like he really won this draft because there's no stars. You know, like Baker Mayfield last year, there was a star. You made that pick. That was a great pick by Dorsey. But this year, maybe there's – maybe the best player is Ed Oliver at pick 13. Maybe it's Montez Sweat. I mean, maybe it's a guy much lower that we're not looking at. Yeah, it could be. Uh, you know who the, the team that has the most picks in this draft? Who? Patriots. Interesting. See, this is that's why they're their genius Exactly. Team. Yeah, they just pop, you know, look, they have made mistakes in the draft. They have not been able to really nail the wide receiver position. How many times do we see the Patriots take a wide receiver and it doesn't work out? But what they do is they style up, they pile up the draft picks. Yeah, they're usually picking at the end of the first round. So they're never going to get like that star. But you know you can find a ton of talent in the middle rounds of the drafts. And that's what the Patriots do. So that, they might be that team again. Now, three years, maybe Tom Brady's not there. But uh, either way, this is a team that they know what they're doing. Well, they've got and they're, they're going to miss on picks. They, they have plenty of times. But just like anything, the more opportunity you have, you have more opportunity to hit. I would think if I'm the Patriots, I'm happy to move out of round one tonight, and I'm going to take two or three picks in round two or three. I think, you know, getting a guy like Irv Smith or that guy Jay Sternberger from Texas A&M, the tight end there, I think you can get him in the mid to late second, early third. Maybe they just get – I think that those picks at the end of the first round are definitely in play for people who want to come up and pull somebody to get that fifth year. Yeah, it's possible, and, you know, they have been known to – to make a ton of trades during the draft to compile more picks. Uh, but they definitely have a, a lot of picks here uh, in this draft, obviously with 32 tonight. So maybe they make a move there. Then they got uh, two picks in round two, three in round three, round four, round six, and then a bunch in round seven. I think the Bears have very few picks and your Cowboys have very few picks. Yeah, well, the Cowboys don't have a first-round pick. But again, when you went out and got Amari Cooper, it's kind of difficult to complain. I know at the time I was in, in love with it, uh, but Cooper turned out to be a great fit, had instant chemistry with Dak, and they wouldn't have made the playoffs without getting Amari Cooper. I mean, that team desperately needed a wide receiver badly. My biggest concern with him was I just saw him really kind of get shut down by elite corners when he was with uh, the Raiders, but... You know, he was pretty much good almost every game last okay, year. Okay, but could we blame Carr? 
Could we yes. blame the uh, scheme? Could, I mean, could we blame the fact? Remember, I always told you about Amari Cooper. He's disinterested if you don't get him involved. And the Cowboys did a great job of getting that guy involved from the first play of every game, Adam. He was involved for the Cowboys all the time. Yeah, no, they, it, it is a factor. Again, I've never been a, a big car fan. Uh, it's not like the Cowboys scheme is great. They have some coaching issues, but... You know, they he's the guy there. Like, they really don't have anyone else that commands the football. And, I mean, you saw some game-changing plays for Cooper. I mean, he had some monster games. So, yeah, Dallas doesn't pick till 58th overall. They have one third-round pick, two in the fourth, one in the fifth. They don't have a sixth-round pick, and then in the seventh. But If you uh, ask Jerry Jones if he would do it again, I think he'd tell you in a million percent he would do that deal again. Yeah, and it's, you know, I, I guess people kill them because they give a first-round pick. And what did the Raiders do for Brown? Third, right? Right. I know, but Brown's older. Right. Uh, Cooper's much younger. He's in a, uh, Brown is a pain in the butt. You've never heard negative things about Cooper in the locker room like you've heard about Brown. But, but, but the truth of the matter is Dallas tried to do it with a bunch of guys like Alan Hearns and Cole Beasley and Michael Gallup. You can't win that way. You need a number one. Right, and Gallup, I'm fine with the number two. Like, he really yeah, came on last he's year. He's good, yeah. Yeah, so with him, and then they added Cobb, and I don't know what to expect from Cobb, but they don't need him to play a big role anyway. You take a shot on him. I know he has not been that good the last few years. But here's the thing, and this is the way you look at it. It's like, all right, do you want Cooper or one of these wide receivers now? Cooper, and, Cooper. Yeah, exactly. Now, maybe one of these re receivers turns out to be really good, but you already know what Cooper is. He's already had success in the NFL as a young player, and you already saw him with Dallas already come through. You now, know, one of these guys is Amari Cooper. Not one, Nikhil Carey, Harmon, but Butler, not one of them is Cooper. Look, I watch a lot of college football. Not one of these guys in college was Cooper. Cooper was great. Right. So, obviously, you know, they made the right call, and they got a lot of criticism at the time. And, you know, I, even I, I was a little perplexed. I'm like, really? You gave a first-round pick for him? But, you know, it makes sense right now uh, for, what, for what they did. And, you know, this is a team that, you know, my biggest concern with them, like it always is, is Garrett. I mean, because I think there's talent here. I mean, they still need to add some pieces on the defense, but the offense is in pretty good shape. You get Witten back. Not that Witten is uh, a difference maker, but – he can still get open. You know, he can barely move, but he gets open. You know, we, we've talked about this before. I believe Garrett is in place because he does what Jerry Jones asks him to do. And maybe the next coach who comes in won't. So Jerry Jones knows he has the most say that he will ever have so long as Garrett is the coach. And that, why, that unless Jason Garrett does something horrible, he's going to stay there. Yeah, and look, as it's really hard to, to fire a guy coming off a year last year that they did you know like it's hard to justify it like what i do i think Garrett's the answer no but the guy won a playoff game and won the division so like, how, how do you fire someone off of that unless well, you just say teams have done that in the past oh you didn't you, you you're mired at mediocrity we haven't gotten to the uh, championship game we gotta let you go I, but i don't think jerry will ever do that i think jerry is more loyal than people give him, give him credit for and i think garrett listen jerry can talk to garrett you bring a guy in you think jerry's going to be able to connect with that same guy right the, the guy who is going to come in and wants control and says look i'm going to do things my way and jerry doesn't want that jerry wants to have a big say in things and that's why i was always stunned they were able to get parcells well i think that was when jerry didn't know what was going on jerry was still learning back then right he learned with jimmy johnson when when parcells comes in he's so good i mean he's on the mount rushmore of coaches you let parcells tell you what to do but once parcells left 
Jerry stopped listening to anybody. Yeah, and now he just wants a lot of control. And look, that's the bit, been my biggest concern is Garrett ruining them in a big spot because the talent is here. I mean, basically their needs are on the defensive side, defensive line, defensive back. I think the offense is in pretty good shape. Let's not forget, you know, they had injuries on the offensive line last year. And Travis Frederick looks like he'll be fine and be back. Uh, so they have a good defensive line. You know, David Irving being out retiring, that hurts. Um, so well, he had to smoke a little pot, Ronas. He was uh, he had better things to do. Yeah, look, I mean, it's they have to work on that. I mean, if these guys really need it for pain, uh, I'm I'm fine with it. I mean, it's legal in a lot of states, but that's another topic. But uh, so we'll see. I mean, I, I think that's basically where their needs are. I don't think they have a ton of needs on this team. I mean, I just wish that uh, they had a different coach. There are certain things I'm looking at tonight. I'm looking at the Steelers. Do they go after a receiver? you got to replace Antonio Brown. I know you have James Washington, but at what point do the Steelers go get a wide receiver? It seems like they are looking at linebacker. Schefter also said that the Steelers are, might actually trade towards the top to get a linebacker, too. Like so, Devin Bush? Yeah, or so on. So. But the Steelers are like the Giants. They never make bold trades ever in drafts. They just don't. Yeah, they typically don't like to pay either. So yeah. that's probably part of it. But uh, that was uh, what Schefter was saying. And, you know, you got Devin White, Devin Bush up there, and maybe they take a swing and try and get one of those guys. Well, I know the Bucks are open for business. I think the Bucks are, are willing to trade down. The Jets are for sure willing to trade down. Don't you think, though, the Jets are almost like that girl at a bar who wants it, who, who's looking too hard to get uh, a little action and then it almost turns you off? Probably, and then they wind up drafting a defensive lineman. Right. I mean, you can't blame the Jets for drafting Quinn and Williams, right? No, and I guess apparently uh, Greg Williams really likes that Oliver is what the reports that I was seeing. I like that Oliver, too. I mean, he's a little crazy. I, I don't think he's the greatest guy in the, in the locker room, but he's a great player. He really yeah, is a legit player. Yeah, and I guess, uh, you know, you saw that story about the Raiders sending home their scouting department uh, after the pre-draft leaks that they uh fallen in love with Oliver, too. Well, th there was some, um, was it Gil Brandt? Did you read that article where Gil Brandt put a, put a thing out there years ago about who the Dallas Cowboys wanted, and it leaked out there, and they knew exactly who the guy was, and they fired him? Yeah, it happens a lot, man, and they're trying to, trying to figure out who's leaking that stuff. Right. Well, I mean, look, uh, it's, it's, you got to play it close to the vest. And, I mean, this is the one time you do that. I mean, do you tell people your draft strategy before you walk into a room? Yes. I announce it. I say, hey, guys, you want to try and beat me? This is what I'm going to do. So do it, and you still won't beat me, you clowns. That's what well, I do when I walk in. Nah. Well, really, there is your draft strategy if I join scoutfantasy.sports.com. Uh, that it's is right true. There for it's me, there. Kind of yeah. sucks, yeah. And I, I noticed like there, there'll be people in my league, my home league, and I'm like, oh, all the players that are on this team, I like. I wonder why. <laughs> That's the one negative when you work in this industry, Ronas, that people go read your stuff and they write down the guys and they. I, I'll always say, that, yeah, I'm at some draft and they're like, Doc, I know you like this player, and then they'll call the player. I'm like, Yep, I like him. You know, it's a, it's a pain in the butt that way. Yeah, and I'll know it too, like. They'll will be in the auction room bidding, and like the bids just keep going up and up. And it's like, yep, I told you they did it last year with Blake Trinan. He I couldn't. He went for like twenty four, twenty five bucks. I was like, guys, I like him a lot, but man, I'm not overpaying for him. Now it turns out he was probably worth it. <laughs> but like, I'm just sitting there like, you guys are kidding me, right? Trinan is like the most people ranked them last year. I don't know, fifteen to twenty, maybe lower. 
I had them like 11 or 12, and I'm like, you guys are overpaying for this? Okay, uh, I, I guess you know who I like. Because you're Adam Ronas, and they have to follow you. Yeah. That's what they do. I mean, I guess it's good for business, but you know, it's, it's not good <laughs> for, for my... Bad for my fantasy life, right? <laughs> right, yeah. So, by the way, I'll, we'll talk baseball in the next segment. You see the Yankees, how to go get Cameron Mabin? Ooh. Yeah, man. I told you, I was watching that game the other night when Clint Frazier slid back into second base. I'm like, that does not look good. And I was surprised he stayed in the game. And then his comments afterwards were, well, we have a lot of injuries right now. I got to toughen it out. But, you know, the ankle swells up. It's more pain the next day. I wasn't stunned at all, at all. No, you called it. You absolutely called it. But, I mean, the, could the Yankees afford to lose one more guy? Now Tyler Wade's going to have to play outfield. Yeah, man. Just keep dropping, man. What's the, no, yeah. they, they got Sanchez back, and Stanton might not be that far behind in Andrew And they're still 14-10. and 10. I know. It's disgusting. It's really weak, amazing. Weak American it's the most amazing League, stri- Aaron, How about Aaron Boone, manager of the year, if this happens? Weak American League. You won't even give him, you won't give Boone credit, Ronan? No, they have good players still. <laughs> All right, talking fantasy baseball when we return right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies, to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS. WeatherTech.com, proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally... I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Fantasy. I thought this really summed it up well from Boba Shit. You don't often get the combination of aggressiveness and strike zone discipline, power, and contact ability when it comes to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. We spoke about him a little bit last year, Greg, and he has the ability to make contact on pitches similar to his father, but he has the plate discipline of Miguel Cabrera. He's not overhyped. He is this legit. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. All right, the first round of the 2019 NFL Draft is this evening. And for you fantasy football players and NFL bettors, the season starts now. If you're serious about fantasy football, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. And Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts will be live blogging with each pick this evening, giving you all the information you need on how each pick affects the fantasy football landscape and NFL futures. And that's not all. 
They provide dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off promo code FNTSY. It's a 2019 NFL Draft tonight and the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package found only at rotoexperts.com. All right, Ronas, let's look at some fantasy baseball, a little afternoon baseball here. The very mercurial Zach Granke on the hill today. Five innings, two hits, no runs, five strikeouts. Jamison Tyon, who's killing me, Ronis. Five innings, five earned runs here. So let's see. Escobar's hitting the ball. He's got an RBI. Christian Walker, I love that guy. Two for three in an RBI. What's up with Granke and what's up with Tyon? Uh, Tyon's been pitching pretty well coming into today. I think he entered with an ERA somewhere in the mid-threes. And for what is going on in baseball right now, that is just tremendous. Uh, just so many guys are, are getting blown up. Uh, so, you know, Tyon, maybe the expectations won't be met for him this year. I mean, he was taken fourth, fifth round, and I did like him. I actually, I don't even know if I have him in any leagues. I actually had Clevenger ranked ahead of him by like one spot, although it was looking good in the Clevenger's first few starts. And now with him being out for a while, that's going to allow Tyon to pile up the stats. But the problem with Tyon right now is his strikeout rate is way down. Uh, everything else looks pretty good, but a little bit concerned that the strikeout rate is way down, and uh, that's not what you want to see in an era where you know guys are striking out so much left and right. Uh, but the swing strike percentage is still very good. It's actually higher than last year, so that would indicate that the strikeout should come at some point. He was he went. I took him in the fourth round of the FSTA draft. He was going in the late third, I think, of labor. People are starting to like him. Hopefully, he rectifies the situation there. All right, the Dodgers are playing the Cubs. It's 0-0. Ross Stripling against John Lester. Lester back. I have no interest in that guy. I'd rather take John Means from the Orioles than John Lester. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Lester. He was someone that I completely stayed away from this year. I think my bold prediction for the Cubs when I did it was like, Lester won't finish as a top 80 pitcher or something like that. So it was pretty bold. I just saw him crater down the stretch. I will say this, though, you know, he is one of those crafty veterans that might be able to figure it out. I mean, I'm surprised that the strikeout rate is as good as it is, but I just worry the walks, the home runs, especially when Wrigley Field, when it gets warm and the wind's blowing out a little bit. I'm just concerned that this could be a guy that finishes with an ERA in the high fours or even over five. I know he's been good so far, but uh, I would do whatever I can to sell him. I don't think you'll get much for him, but there are people who buy into the track record and reputation of Lester. And if you're in a league like that, I would ship them off. All right, let's look at the night slate. Uh, the first game is a 76% chance of rain. I think this may get delayed or called. It's a 640 start, so it's probably not going to be available to be used. Cincinnati, Atlanta, Julio Tehran against Luis Castillo. I love Luis Castillo running. She's looked great this year. Oh, uh, yeah, he's been tremendous. Uh, he's someone that I have in a couple leagues. And I'm mad in one league. I'm like, well, I already have several Castillo shares, so maybe I should go in a different direction. And uh, that's the one unfortunate part. When you try to spread out your portfolio, if you do hit on someone and then you say, you know what, I'm going to go elsewhere, uh, this is a case where it could really backfire. All right, so tonight's slate, five games. I always say play very lightly. Some people like short slates. I don't. Um, if I play one, it'd be maybe one, two teams tops because I just you have to be very, very perfect on these nights. Miami at Philadelphia, Caleb Smith at Aaron Nola. Philadelphia is minus two ten, uh, seven and a half runs. Nola's looked terrible thus far, but this could be a real get well game for him. 
Yeah, and he's coming off a good start at Coors Field. So uh, he has not been good overall, but I think he struck out nine in his last outing, and that was at Coors. So that's a, that was a really good sign because the Rockies, once they've gone home, have really started to hit. And I had mentioned it like a week, week and a half ago. They only had like five games at home out of their like first 20, and people were wondering, oh, what's wrong with the Rockies? Well, they didn't get the home cooking yet. So his last outing, five and two-thirds, nine hits, three runs, a walk in nine Ks. Did allow two home runs, but again, that was in Coors Field. He's faced the Mets, the Nationals, twice Atlanta. Still no excuse for how he's pitching. I mean, he you don't expect 28 strikeouts, 12 walks, and seven home runs that Nola has allowed so far. But if there's any game where he gets going, it's right here against the Marlins. They're just a pathetic lineup. So, yeah, I think Nola, as bad as he's been, he's going to be popular tonight, and uh, I think he's in play. Yeah, I think he's going to be very popular tonight. All right. So Detroit at Boston, Jordan Zimmerman against Rick Porcello, uh, minus 220 for Boston, nine and a half runs. I hate Porcello. I hate Zimmerman. I, I, I'm going to stack some of these teams here. Yeah, and I think most will as well, and it makes sense. Uh, Zimmerman teases, but ultimately he's not that good, and uh, Porcello just has not got going yet at all. 0-3 with an 847 ERA, and man, the Red Sox just cannot put together an extensive winning streak. They're now five games under 500. If you're a BVP guy, did you see Gordon Beckham against Rick Porcello? I did not. 15 for 32. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure he's cheap, too. Yeah, exactly. So I, might, I might, might find some love for him in a lineup there. All right, Cleveland at Houston. This is a great game. We were talking to Jason from Louisiana who was calling in the other day. Uh, this is a game I'd pay to see, Adam. Trevor Bauer and Jarrett Cole. I'm not touching this game in fantasy. I'm happy to watch this game. But I, when I, if I play DFS tonight, I have want no part of this. Houston, a favorite of minus 160, seven and a half runs. But this could be a 3-2 kind of game. It could, but I like Bauer. I think he will be fired up for this one. You know there's a rivalry there between Bauer and Cole. Bauer has had success against Houston. I think a lot of people might not go. I don't know. Let me see. People don't like paying up for pitching now. It's a small slate. You got Nola. Nola will probably be very popular because of the Miami matchup. Right, so does Bauer become a little under-owned because he's not going to get the win? Uh, why can't he get the win? I know I'm Houston's saying, a minus 150 favorite. Because well, Houston, Houston is in Houston. I don't know. I'm just saying, do you think people will look at it that way? They might. Uh, I think Bauer can win this game. Uh, I'm, I don't think I'm playing tonight, but uh, Bauer will be on my radar for sure. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Because I, 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 Nola, I've got to think, is going to be 42% owned. Maybe you can get Bauer 27% owned. I, if it was a full slate, I'd say yes. I'm Because tr- where else are you going on this slate? I'm going uh, Bauer, I'm going Nola, and I'm going to my boy, your boy. Masahiro Tanaka. Oh, yeah, against the Angels. Wow, yeah. the Angels are minus 110 favorite. I guess because the Yankees lineup is so beat up. Because you're batting for, fourth there, playing yeah. second base, Adam Ernest. Uh Yeah, no, Tanaka's not bad either. Hmm. I'm, I'm, and, you know, well, I don't know if I'm going to go him, but Tanaka's a guy who I'm, definitely on DraftKings, I'm going to go Tanaka as my second guy. With Nola? Yeah. Uh, I'll just do a single entry. Single entry, Nola Tanaka. Boom. Yeah, I... I, I I do like Bauer. What's his price? I haven't looked at prices. I haven't looked at prices either. One moment, please. Please hold. Yeah, I'm sure he's expensive, though. So that's going to be the big thing is can you find the value? Because uh, I know well, you're gonna, people are going to want to get Nola in. It makes sense. I mean, he's got to dominate Miami. I mean, this is the best matchup he's had this year. He's coming over a game where he had nine strikeouts. All right, Cole is 10,200. 
What's Bauer? Ten thousand two hundred is cold. Okay. Bauer is ninety eight hundred. Tanaka is ninety three hundred. Nola is ninety one hundred. Are you got it? You kidding me, right? I play. Bauer would, Nola. Yeah, I would try and see if I could do that. Just because, like I said, the Strikeouts. last two. Yeah, the last two days, and he, you know, I, who, I, we talked. I know I liked Rodriguez yesterday, and he was good. And who was the other guy we talked about? With strikeouts, I forgot. I didn't play yesterday, so I can't remember now. Oh, Verlander. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have the double digits, but he went eight innings. Was eight innings eight Ks? I think. And yeah, he got he played, the win. Yeah, I got. He got me fifty five points last right. night. He was great. Yeah. So, wait, how I, about this on Fanduel? Bowers ten thousand eight hundred. Cole is ten thousand six hundred. Tanaka ninety six hundred. Nola eighty seven hundred. Oh, how boy. is no? He, oh my he, guys, give me a hundred percent. Yeah, he's gonna be like so highly owned there. So you know what? This goes back to what you said the other day about paying up to be contrarian, and yeah. that could be Bauer here tonight. I know. Yeah, but you got to look at it though. Nola's in such a good spot though. I know, but you know what? I, they are basically saying, Doctor Roto, play Nola. Right. I think in cash, you have to pay. In cash, you have to play Nola. The problem because, is, I'm going to do a single entry. I'll do a single entry tonight. Because if I do anything more than that, Ronas, forget about it. Well, see, and I, look, I know you don't play cash, but there are people listening that do. If you're playing cash tonight, you got to go Nola on FanDuel. Because right. most of the field's going to go. And if he doesn't pitch well, you're right there with everyone else. It doesn't matter in cash games. Wow. I mean, right? I mean, because yeah. in cash games, he's going to be... What, 50, 60% on tonight in cash? <laughs> he should be. He yeah. should be. I, so if he doesn't have a good game, you're right there with everyone else, and you just got to get your bats right. 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 I'm just going to – honestly, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing a night like tonight. I go on FanDuel to the ace, the bunt, the single, you know, those smaller single entries. And you'll do one with Nola, one with Bauer? Yeah, yeah maybe one with Nola, one with Bauer. And maybe and just one, pick them up. one Tanaka if yeah, you do a third something one? Like, right, like that. Just – but one, 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 and try to catch one of them. Because I can't go into – you can't go into the 150 lineup one. You'll lose on a night like tonight. Oh, yeah. You'll they'll, lose. They'll, they'll have, like, four pitchers with a bunch of different stacks. Right. And I can't – I know I can't win on a night like tonight. So that's the, the only way I can win is to go single entry into the, in the small pools. Yeah, and, and, catch, I, th- and, catch and I think that's what a lot of people who don't have the big bankroll need to do. I've always said it. If you're going to play, you know, do the single entry because you're going to get frustrated if you're in one with 150 and you're going to see all these different combos and you're like, oh, well, I can't do that. So then, you know, just don't play in that one, especially on a night like tonight where you only have five games. And maybe if it's a night with 13, 14, it's a little bit different. But tonight, obviously, uh, just five game slate. So, uh a lot of different uh, combos that you can cover there. Can I tell you what I play on DraftKings most night? I play the 20-entry max tournament. Yeah, that's not bad either. It's better than 150. I usually cash. If I put four teams in, I usually cash two of the four every night. And you'll typically use four different pitching combos or two and two in different stacks? <sighs> different combos. I'll, 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 I, I always go stacks first, and then I go see what pitchers I can afford. Because okay. I, I want to get, like, if I want to get the Yankees and Diamondbacks in, or if I want to get the Rockies with the Nationals, I mean, I try to do the stacks first, and then I see which pitchers fit those, like a puzzle. Do you ever do, like, two, two, and two, like, from yeah. each? Yeah. I prefer to do four, four, three, and one I've been doing recently. I do four and four a whole lot. I mean, just try. But I don't think four and four has been successful for the most part this year. I think people are winning a lot more with four, three, and one. Yeah, that's what I've seen, too, in some of the winning lineups. Like yesterday, I was wrong. I knew of this, and it was my mistake. Steve Wilkerson. Do you know who that guy is? Yeah. Right? He played for the Orioles. He was 2000 bucks on FanDuel, 
and he was hitting six in the lineup, and people were able to go four, three, and Wilkerson was the one, and they used Verlander as the pitcher. Boom! Every guy, I mean, I finished fifth overall in the uh, in this monster qualifier. All four guys in front of me had Wilkerson. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge salary stuff uh, saver right there. Right there. So you've got to be willing to do that, and sometimes I'm not because I'll look at the guy, I'm like, uh, Hansler, Alberto, no thanks, right? I'll be like, this guy sucks. But if that guy hits a home run, you win. Yeah, that's all you need, man. And one swing can just, uh, he gets the value. Yeah. All right, Tanaka against Cahill. I, surprisingly enough, Cahill is the, is the favorite. Now, let me ask you this. You know, I, I mean, it, shouldn't the Yankees be, favorite, be the favorites? That's what I would have thought, too. Uh, my guess is, number one, they're on the road, although it shouldn't really matter. Uh the pitching matchup to me is, you know, favored in uh, Tanaka's direction. Cahill's just been very erratic. I mean, he can be good at times. He's had some good games over the last few years. Uh, and I did stream him a couple weeks ago, and it turned out to be disastrous. He's been giving up a lot of home runs. But I think this is just the case of the Yankees lineup just being so depleted. And now you take Clint Frazier out, who is actually leading the team in RBI. So I think that's why is uh, they're just looking at the, the lineup. But I would think the money would go in the Yankees' direction. I do too, which means maybe I'll go Cahill tonight, Ronis. Uh, Be a little that, crazy. It's look, it's not absurd. He can pitch a good game. I know the overall numbers right now don't look good, but Cahill certainly capable of going out there and getting you seven innings with seven Ks. He's right, let me pitched give you, well the last couple years. I'll give you one other guy in this Texas Seattle game, Marco Gonzalez at home. He just doesn't strike out enough guys, but I like Seattle as a stack against Taylor Hearn, who I don't like at all, and maybe Gonzalez is interesting. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Marco Gonzalez fan. I have him in a lot of leagues. You're right, though. He doesn't get the strikeouts, but he's been good, and he's a guy that they'll let go deep into games. He's very economical with his pitching. You know, even though he doesn't get the strikeouts, what that means is he's not throwing as many pitches because they're putting the ball in the play, and oftentimes it's leading to outs. So he's a guy that can get you seven innings and a W, too. So he's in play tonight, especially if the offense blows up like you think they could. He could get the run support. So he could be a guy that is not very highly owned because of the other pitchers that we mentioned that we expect to get high ownership. Right. I mean, if you're trying to go a little contrarian, isn't this the place to do it? Yeah, I think so. If I'm, if I'm not going with Bauer, Cole, Nola, I think uh, Marco would be the guy I go to. I think I may live crazy tonight. If I, if I play, and I may not play because I'm watching the draft, I might go with like an angel stack and Marco. Something just totally off the wall, Ronas. Uh, yeah, that will be, I, the Angels stack will definitely be off the wall. I don't think people are stacking uh, against uh, Tanaka. Tanaka, yeah. But maybe that's the move to make. Because in a five-game slate, you got to do something to be different. Right. Well, you got your Beckham, so there you go with that. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll be popular. Maybe you get a, a, a La Stella for the Angels against yeah. Tanaka. Tanaka is homer prone. That's the one thing. Well, let's say, the, the, I mean, the guys have hit him before, but not a lot. They don't do a lot against him. You know, Cozart, LaCroix. I mean, those are guys hard to... It's hard to roster that team because none of those yeah, guys have real power. They suck. Yeah. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> I mean, it's Trout and that's about it. All right. Yeah, Gonzalez is 8,400. How do you not go with Nola over Gonzalez, dude? Yeah. You, ha- you have to, man. You have right? to. And look, and if it doesn't work out, you say, look, the process was right. I mean, at home against Miami. And now Philly's a... Look, Miami can't hit, man. They just can't. That lineup is pathetic. And look, I understand they got to Scherzer, and it's going to happen from time to time. But Nola is, you know, he's due for this 10, 11 strikeout game with six, seven scoreless innings, man. 
He is. I mean, look, I, I guess, like you said, the process is right. If I play Nola and pitch him and he's crappy, it's like playing Chris Sale the other night. I would have done it too. Yeah, that price was too cheap. And, you know, he got the strikeouts at least. And, again, I think that's really based on the way pitching has gone and with the way the offense is, you want at least your starter to get 10Ks. It can offset him not getting a win. Right. All right, give me one bold prediction of tonight's draft on us. Oh, man. Uh the Redskins trade into the top seven. I will say five quarterbacks go in the first round. Okay. Well, I think the last I saw, the uh, Vegas was over under three and a half, so you might want to hop on that. Yeah, I'm going to say truly five. Believe it. I, I say Will Greer gets go, goes to the Patriots with the last pick of the first round. Mm, really? They, got, they need a tight end. They need a receiver. Mm. Yeah, but you can lock up that quarterback for that extra year. <sighs> That's interesting. Just throwing it out there. All right, guys. This is Dr. Roto saying be well. Take care. Stay right here for Adam. Who comes coming up in hour number two, Adam? Matt Modica from The Athletic at 3.20 p.m. Eastern. All right. We love Modica. All right, guys. We'll be back right after this.